Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to Unlocking Your World of Creativity. This is the podcast where we talk to creative experts literally all over the world about how they get inspired for their creative thinking, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and make the connections to get their work up and out into the world. And even in the last few episodes, our round-the-world travels have taken us to places like San Antonio, Texas, to Bangkok, Thailand to San Francisco and to Johannesburg, South Africa. And we're glad today to be traveling to Amsterdam in the Netherlands to talk to our friend Dawa Vanderverse. Dawa, good to be with you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Dawa is a writer, he's a filmmaker, a creative director, a producer, just an all-around great creative. And Dawa, I guess in terms of the focus of all of those being the story, you know, at the very base of all of your work seems to be this idea of storytelling. Maybe we could begin there and how you look at a story. Okay, I think I think I have a bit of a specific definition of what a story is. Often, a story is seen as yeah, is, is seen as fiction. Like the the connotation is fiction. The way I define story is that it's the 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 shape hierarchy and structure of a bunch of thoughts. So to create meaning. So basically. Yeah, lots of snippets of information that come into the census. They're like little Lego bricks, and the story is what we build out of that. Very good. And I guess your company, Dawa Works, I, I love the double meaning. You know, you create lots of work, but you also put the work in to, to really produce the creative. I was looking at some of the work in graphic design and animation and the script writing. Where do you apply so many of these different creative, I guess, techniques and disciplines uh, to your work. Uh, What do you mean? Where do I apply them? Well, I guess, you know, how do you bring together? These are different skills. So, I mean, are you, are you switching between them or are you blending them? I guess, how, how do you decide, you know, what am I going to be today? Ah, okay. I, I think, I think my main, the main thing that I do is research on the, on the story that an organization wants me to, wants to get across and then writing a script out of that and uh, then doing creative direction. So I am an animator by education and I've been into 3D animation, 2D animation, but then gra- as time went by, I, I, yeah, now I hire people, I, I set up teams for projects and that allows me to actually have more space for my creativity, even though I don't make a lot of the images myself, which sounds, which, which felt counterintuitive at first, but it's really, yeah, it really works well if you, once you get used to it. Yeah. And and the breadth of projects you've been able to work on, maybe you can describe a a few of those projects. Ah, yeah. You mentioned earlier, like I did a project called Robin for the Dutch Research Council. And it's an interactive film where where you are posed with, with four dilemmas that come out of science. And then each time the path splits, so you end up with 16 alternative endings. So we created like 90 minutes of animation for a 20 minute experience and you don't see half of it. And then I did a project for the for Harvard University around there, around uh, the book by Mark H. Moore, Creating Public Value. And then I basically explained very briefly 
what public value is all about, which is a very, a very thick book, sort of a standard work that public administrators use in their, when they, at, at university, which was quite an honor and quite a challenge as well. Yeah. And, and then, there could be a thread that goes through some of this work about the human experience and really understanding and connecting with the individual. I'd be curious about why that's a inspiration for you. Mm, okay, so so I've always been extremely curious about everything, basically. And then I what what I find a bit of a shame is that a lot of knowledge is not never really used or found because it's stored in a form that that is not yeah, that's not very natural to a lot of people like like when we encode our thoughts into language that is actually an incredible feat it's very complicated it, and 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 yeah i think there's so much scientific research there's so much great ideas there's so many philosophies and i yeah my i i basically see it as my work to make stuff that is hard accessible by making it visual and by making it easy to understand. Yes. And I read uh, a great quote that you wrote, uh, people and their needs are essential to any powerful story. How do you in your research and in your creative development try to get in touch with, you know, the individual and as you say, walk in their shoes, you know, as you tell this story? Hmm. I, I, I think, first of all, First of all, I think uh, a story always needs needs a character because it's incredibly difficult to relate to anything. In that, that maybe that's a problem with uh, a problem with climate change. It, it's hard to relate to it because it's nowhere. It doesn't have a face. You know what I mean? And then basically, yeah, basically the the, the perfect way. Not every project allows that but the perfect way to walk in the shoes of the person that making the film for or making the film about is to meet them and to have conversations with them if it, if the film is about young people i might have conversations with with some with some young people if if you know if the film so yeah em, em, empathizing i think is getting in yeah really getting in touch with them and and not not just from from a from a text or secondhand information Yes. And it sounds like a lot of your work is meant to convey information. You know, they're meant to be educational. And yet you want to bring this emotional side into it as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's often a balance. Like, like some clients want, want, want it to be incredibly emotional because they really want to get that thing across that they, and then I go like, oh, maybe, maybe if, if, if it's, I think equanimity is a word that applies to a lot of the films that I do. They are emotional, but never very rarely, very dramatic. And that's because, yeah, it's just. I don't know. It feels like manipulation sometimes if you are too dramatic, and especially if you're bringing across real, real information. I think it's incredibly important to do it in an engaging way, but never too, not too boring, but not too overdramatized either. Yeah, and I'm curious about your your personal creative process. You mentioned that you're very curious. You love this sort of observation, you know, of other things that are going on in the world. Where where do you tend to capture? And, and how do you contain all this observation so that you might fuel your work later? Oof, that's, a, that's a hard question. We don't and ask if, easy questions on this program. Yeah, no, I think I think maybe I, I think one maybe one thing that really helped me is that maybe like 25 years ago I was reading about Freud and the subconscious, and then I and then I just and then I thought like, okay, so according to these people. 
subconscious is sort of like a supercomputer that does the really hard stuff. That, that, but it, but I don't have direct control over it. So I think that a very a technique that I've been using for many, many years is to when when something is really difficult for me, and and, and especially when there are many variables involved, maybe it's a it's a bit of an ambiguous thing to make a decision about. Then I will very clearly state my question and sort of throw it to the back and 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 trust just just you know yeah almost throw it into my subconscious uh, so to speak. And 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 let it do the work and trust that it that the that the that the answer will come. I make it sound a little bit like like there's an oracle living in the back of my mind. I like to it, picture that sometimes. It it, it doesn't. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Somebody great, back actually. there is doing the work. Yeah yeah. But it's 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 but but very applied. Like like I have I will have a client and there there is a certain something that they want to say and their industry has a certain or, or or their area of expertise has a certain culture with certain keywords and then you know and then I'm I'm, I'm thinking about how how do I engage these people in the right way and that is that is yeah that is I I can often not really explain why I make a lot of the choices I make in the projects but because I but because I trust sort of trust trust sort of the intuitive choices, I think it's it's very easy. So some things of, about my job are incredibly easy that are hard for other people. And then sometimes, and vice versa. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, you mentioned a, a word that I'd like to underscore a little bit, and that's trust. I mean, we creative people have to trust our, ourselves, right? And our own creative, I'll call it judgment. But let's also talk about clients and how they begin to trust you and begin to accept your input and your style and your content and stories. How do you build that trust with your? I think I take, uh, I go to great length to listen at first. So I, 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 like in a first conversation, I will rarely, actually I will close to never pose any idea. Like like in a in in a first meeting, I and if and also if if clients ask, no no sorry I can't do that right now because because this is the research phase. So really really making sure that I only listen 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 in that first part allows me to write a very strong proposal in which I don't send them a script, but I, I generally describe this is what I've understood from what I've heard and. The way I feel this could be best presented is like this, because that sort of seems to fit these these properties, these these traits of your of the audience that you explained to me. So I would I would say maybe yeah maybe giving back to them more than what they've told me, and then they recognize their own story, and I, and and they see that I've added other stuff. I've put I I, I put it in a larger context maybe within certain big trends. And I'm, I might've done a little bit of research. So I think that's, that might be the thing, mm -hmm. I think. Well, I mean, I really, I admire the discipline, first of all, that at the first meeting, you know, you anchor yourself in the listening. I know for me, I, I sometimes get so excited about the project. I begin the brainstorming, I throw out some ideas and I can see from your point that that might be setting up, you know, expectations rather than simply take it in, then go back, do the work, do the thinking. Yeah, and it took a lot of effort to get there because <laughs> it definitely wasn't always like this. But I think that today, today I have the confidence, so the, 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 I, I have the confidence in myself 
that that I know that I know I can do it, and also that some of the the, the rules of engagement for the creative process that they make sense, that they work. So another thing that I maybe that's not relevant to your question. No, go ahead. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure what the bridge is, but I think being very clear in communication is incredibly important. And so, so separate separating stuff actually that's the bridge. Separating the listening from the creating, and then and then in the overall in the in the overall creative process, I will always separate the concept from production very strictly. So I will never I will not go into production if the client doesn't 100% agree with the concept which allows me to have much more creative space in the production phase. That's so interesting. Yes. So you're really segmenting these, you know, where I think, and now that I am hearing you describe it, I can see how a lot of people blur those three. It's like, I have an idea. Here's how we're going to produce it. Well, what's the idea again? Let's go back. It's like, no, let's lock in the idea first, and then we'll talk about how to produce it. It's It's a very interesting segmentation of thought that you approach things with. I really admire it, actually. Thanks. Yeah. And and I guess I'm also thinking about then this trust with the clients, you know, the sponsors of a project. Certainly somewhere in those three, you know, how you translate their ideas, how you develop the story, or third, how you produce it. There's going to be some, I guess on one end, it could be called a conflict. You know, it could Mm -hmm. be called a misunderstanding. It could Mm -hmm. just be a, a hard question, like I don't get it. How do you tend to address those conflicts, those deadlocks, those yeah. walls that we often hit? Well, I like I'll, sometimes I'll work for someone who's an a- absolute expert in their field. They, 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 they know the most about what they're going to tell me. So then I tell them, like, you know, I, I'm going to make a prediction. And the prediction is that we're going to start out and you're going to love this process <laughs> because you, you get to... Talk about the stuff that you love doing, that you're really passionate about, that you know everything about. And then at some point, things are going to get a little bit uncomfortable because you, you want, as an expert, you want to put all the nuance in, in, the, in, the, in the story. But I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to butcher, I'm going to butcher that thing that you know everything about. And I'm, I'm not qualified so t- as a scientist, but I'm definitely qualified as a storyteller. And by stripping away, by throwing most stuff away from the stuff that you want to tell, that the thing that you, you're, you're then really going to like again is the fact that at a conference, you get to skip the first half hour because you just play the video. People are like, ah, okay, he's about this or that topic. And then you can, can get straight into business. I like it. And it, and it always, uh, the prediction usually uh, rings true. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and is that just a natural, you know, we all go into a project with all this enthusiasm and then somewhere along the way, it's like, well, okay, this is real. You know, we're having these disagreements over content, maybe or over style or tone. Like you say, hey, we can't help it. We're going to butcher it. I love this visual imagery. We're just going to pound <laughs> this because, you know, we're going to translate it differently than maybe your inside sort of mind, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm also curious about, you know, you were also talking about different cultures and there's company cultures, there's, you know, country cultures, there's all sorts of diverse approaches. How do you work to make sure that your stories and the production sort of cross those cultural lines and appeal 
to as many people as possible. An important thing is that a simple language is always a good thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't really matter if, if, if the audience is kids or PhDs, the, the, the simple language is just always a good thing. What I'll often do is, what I'll often do is I'll sort of, in, in a story, I'll, I'll start out really big. So I made a film about groundwater for the United Nations. And they have like, I start out with water is essential, is a, you know, it's a second most important need. And then groundwater is stored deep below the surface. And then I start talking about the client that in this case maintains a database of uh, groundwater. So, so, so go, you know, sort of not assume, assuming a lay person. I think is also, if, if only in the first 20 seconds or something. I, I think it's just also a sign of respect to, to let people immediately know what it's about so they can keep on watching or leave. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want to trick anybody into watching a, a film I did. Just, yeah, just be open with them from the first uh, seconds. And as you mentioned, the groundwater and, and United Nations, a lot of your work is about causes you know, or is about issues of the day. Why, what attracts you to these kinds of projects? Well, actually, the reason for me to get into this, into this business was that I, about 20 years ago, I was, yeah, I was thinking a lot about the world problems and feeling like I was all alone in that and nobody really cared. And, but I saw lots of advertising and then I thought like, wait, climate change is getting worse every year. And we've known since the 1960s. But we're selling sports shoes and cars <laughs> and all this stuff. So then I studied to become a graphic designer. And then to realize a few years later that you cannot sell things like that, like you do a pair of sneakers, because you, you need education to, to understand something like climate change or inequality or, you know, these big issues. So then I thought, oh, I better become a filmmaker. And here you go. I love it. Well, let's continue that thought about your creative journey to where you are today. What, what were some of the steps along the way that brought you to your current career? Just starting where? What, what, what? Go all the way back. What was your oh, first, where, where was your first creative muse? Oof. And, and somehow, somehow that's a, that's a bit of a difficult question because creating stuff and thinking about stuff has always been so normal for me. I, I maybe, yeah, maybe it, I, I used to read when I was 10, 11, I, I, I read Jules Verne's books. They were old back. They were really old back then already. <laughs> oh, you're a young guy, so Jules Verne's been around. And I and I remember I remember these blue books with with gold with gold ink and these really yellow brownish smelly pages. Like they're smelling <laughs> like 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 I I discovered some ancient secret stories or something. And then then would be about going to the moon and going to the to the center of the earth and just incredible stories. And I was just fascinated by the fact that this guy had come up with all this stuff that didn't exist at all when when he was writing about it and maybe that's uh, maybe yeah Jules Verne, Jules Verne is maybe the link a little bit I like it I like it and uh, you were also mentioning you know building the team to help execute your work think about some of the people you've had a chance to work with who maybe taught or mentored you and some of the lessons learned that you had from those folks yeah, I was I was absolutely in love with a video that was made for Reiksop, Reiksop. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's uh, Swedish or not. And this was this is like 15 years ago, and it and and it was and it was an incredible sequence of 
sort of technical, techn really well-made technical drawings that told a story. And I really liked the, uh, really liked this unexpected application of uh, this visual language applied to social commentary. So it looked like a manual from, it looked like, it all looked like manuals and, and explanations, but it was actually really highly critical of a lot of stuff. And it didn't, they didn't, it, yeah, it's called Remind Me from Roiksop. And it didn't use any words other than the singing, but but the the the, the visuals told a completely different story, which was incredibly detailed and very precise, actually, which was very very inspiring to me. That sounds great. And I guess then flipping it, when you are building your team out, you know, what sort of not just skills and capabilities, but what sort of sensibilities and emotional uh, intelligence do you look for? in the team that you're building for a project. You say it well, because I don't really care about diplomas at all. I think, I, I think that maybe an important thing is that I don't like to work with people that say that are naysayers. And I don't like to work with people that are yaysayers because often what I found is that people that it's, it's, it's a bit of a bit of an exaggeration, of course, because nobody is one or the other. But mm -hmm. but some people, if people say yes too quickly, then I, I I have a feeling I have to make sure that I don't overload them or that they really can do the thing that I ask of them. And if people are 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 more on the naysayer side, then I feel I might have to defend a few extra hours here and there or something that, that, that they have to make or something. Or maybe I have to explain my choices more than I than I'd want to. So I, I think that mix of I think I think basically an open but but critical mind I think is incredibly important. Apart and 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 apart from visual quality, because that's that's paramount, of course. But then these qualities are incredibly, I find them incredibly important. Also, when I talk about the film, the, the, just the way that just the way that they respond, if they if they come up with any associations of of themselves that make more or less sense, that that yeah, that's that's very that those are green flags for me yeah i like that green flags yeah well do it what a terrific conversation before we conclude i'd like to be sure that people know where to find you and connect with you and take a look at some of the projects that you've been working on where where can we go to find you my website is dawa.works that's d-o-u-w-e dot works that's the url extension so www.dawa.works very good well, we'll sure to go by and, and check it out. So what's next? What's on the horizon for you, Dawe, as you look forward to some of your future projects? What do, what do you see yourself working on next? I, I, I had a... You mean, you mean self-initiated work or upcoming projects? Well, you know... Where, it doesn't matter. Yeah, where does your craft take you next? Ah, okay. I, I, I've had two requests, one from an organization that promotes wind energy on the, on the oceans in, in, in transport, and the other one of a large environmental organization and i'm not sure if either is going to happen but i i'd love it if both of them would and i'm working on i'm working on a course for teenagers a very highly visual course around around media wisdom epistemology and uh, critical thinking skills and also presentation skills to 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 craft your own stories story maybe the story of your future self 
Boy, they sound fascinating. Great topics. And and is there an area or a topic that maybe you haven't had a chance to work on yet that you would like to, that you're hoping to attract? Well, actually, it's these it's these these things that I just mentioned. This is a self-initiated project. I, I I'm I'm let's not go in into that rabbit hole, but I, I'm I'm very worried about all the many conspiracy theories going around, and I'm just thinking about what is the cause of that, and how, what can I do to yeah to build to build bridges of understanding between people that see the world incredibly differently uh, different. And I think, yeah, I think there's a, there's a place for filmmaking in that. A very worthwhile pursuit. Well, and also, Dawa, you're going to be uh, presenting at an upcoming summit on playfulness and creative. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and what your topic will be. Well, actually, actually, when I think back about the interview, which is pre-recorded, it was, I, I have a feeling it was very serious, like, like very, very much about, about the power of stories and, you know, like, like. The way that culture influences our, our our choices and the way that we see see stuff. Yeah, so I hope I hope that's just going to be inspiring. I, I what I hope to get across with all my work is that is that you know the the story that you see might not necessarily be this the story. You can maybe change it. You can maybe change it just for yourself, just so that you see it differently. Like 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 in in activism, I see a lot of people being angry at the way things are and afraid of the future. I would say with exactly the same intentions, with exactly the same knowledge and all all the things that you have, embrace the way things are right now. So you can so you so you're better equipped to work on a better future that you contribute to yourself. And and are you saying you feel like your interview in a playful creative summit? might have been a little too serious and heavy. David David said that the way I talk is playful enough. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Because I do find <laughs> you have you do have some lightness about you. It's not all serious. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've also for myself I, I found lightness in very heavy themes. Yes. There's no there's no there's no use in yeah in, in, in being worried and afraid. Yes. Exactly. Well, I can't thank you enough for a great conversation. I've learned a lot and you've really uh, encouraged and inspired me to really segment the processes a little bit and uh, relax during the listening and not try to ideate and then (laughs) develop the core concept in stage two. And then in stage three, think about the production. So it's very helpful. And thanks for walking us through that. I felt we went from the hack of the tuck, as we say in Dutch, from one subject to another. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. It's great. Well, friends, my guest has been Dawa Vanderwerf, and he's from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and Dawa.works is a website. So be sure to check it out. So it's just beautiful, creative work there. Dawa, can't thank you enough for the conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thanks very much for having me. And you too. And listeners, come back again for our next episode. We'll continue our virtual around the world travels as we talk to creative experts in all fields about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and make the connections to get their creative work up and out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking the world of creativity. See you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity, 
paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.